Welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 8, Episode 4, Bulletproof Monk. I'm your co-host, Denali. I'm your co-host, Ryan. I'm your co-host, Bulletproof Hunk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there it is. That's the one we didn't do yet. That's nice. Guys, guys, I'm worried. I- I'm I'm worried this season. Can we just have like a, a huddle real quick just about the state of the season? Um, guys, this is like our, our third box office flop in a row here. What? Um, I'm, I'm kind of worried that we're not going to be hitting these large numbers that we like to hit. This is another movie that didn't break even in the box office. Look, I know Sean's got the hits, man, but like, you know, are we going to be bringing in a big crowd for quarter four? Well, I'm kind of confused because I thought this movie, this season was going really swimmingly. Mm-hmm. I've been I'm having a blast over here. <laughs> Look, I'm having a blast too. I'm loving watching our boy Sean, but I just got back from our, our, our financial analyst and he's saying the forecasts aren't looking good for these episodes because, I mean, this episode's not posted yet, but like the the box office was $37 million for this movie on a budget of 52 i just i'm worried that we're not going to be bringing in profits let's let's be clear there's some confusion about whether or not people actually know who sean william scott is before you say stifler yeah okay so that's that's another problem and i know sean he doesn't like that okay he's he's abandoned this he's, he's he's moved on i shouldn't i should say He's not Stifler anymore. I agree, but we just we went look, down we this need, path when we chose it's him. It's almost like the fundamental concept of yes. our podcast does not mm-hmm. necessarily translate well to mainstream success. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of the joke. So what I had in mind was, is there a way we can trick our audiences into thinking these were huge movies that maybe they just forgot about? I think Jace's bulletproof hunk angle. Like, we can maybe Photoshop the cover. Yeah. Ooh. Magic I mean, Swiss was ripped in this movie. Oh, my he was God. He was fucking that was the bulletproof like, hunk. The hunk meter? Yeah. Hunkometer. We should- Let's be clear. I tried yeah. to send an email okay. and get us sponsored by an undie company that I won't name. Oh. And both of you weren't totally chill with it. Was it the undie brand that has almost our exact name? Yes. Oh, no, no, we can't. Dude, they got undie money. All right, we got nothing. We don't even make they a single They can't come garment. at us. We're in a totally different sphere. Well, <sighs> whether or not we're like good boys you know, gone, I don't allowed know. to use our name mm-hmm. yeah. or whether or not it's a good idea to partner with an erotic underwear brand. I think those are two separate questions. Bro, this is a sex positive podcast. Yeah. All right. I know we don't talk a lot about doing it, but not very often at all. Um, this is the this is episode four of our Sean William Scott season, where we discuss and analyze the great works of the great Sean William Scott with uh, two N's, two T's, and two L's. One M. Uh, he's a great actor, and I was reading, you know, in relation to what we were talking about, one of the reasons why he wasn't getting roles, like there was kind of a point where he was in a lot of movies and all of a sudden he wasn't, is that he said like he stopped getting calls for movies, which sucks. Like I, th- I think he he deserves a shanaissance. And he said he was kind of getting blamed for some of these box office, the ones that didn't perform as well in the box office is what I'm saying. And maybe that's not his fault. I don't think it's his fault at all. What are you talking about? He's the best part of every movie we've watched so far. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, I mean, you, know you, you know what? You know what can kickstart his Sean right. Yes. 
a feature on this podcast. He was um he's in uh The Wrath of Becky, which was Yeah, uh, that's gonna be good. I think that's gonna be good. Running it south by southwest. Wrath of Becky? Is that like a superhero film? No, it's a like not interesting. It's, it's a sequel to okay. a, kind of like an indie hit and kind of on the horror scene. Yeah, okay. He plays a guy named Daryl. Um this is a neo Nazi. Oh. Yeah, neo Nazi, like is that I don't know tied to if this that's movie. Like, it is. <laughs> um, but how are you guys feeling four episodes in? You know, monetary budget stuff aside, you know, are, are we are we feeling it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is translating from the fact that this is my season yeah. that I picked, should I say, or nominated, and so was last season. But these two have kind of revitalized my love for you guys in this podcast. <laughs> after <laughs> It was a spark we needed. After a struggling little summer there we had with busy schedules and kind of not very good movies. Wow. I, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I'm I'm fine. Let's let's go. I want to get to like episode seven, eight, nine, where we're struggling a little bit because I feel like yeah. even with this movie, even though it's obscure, we're do, we're eating. Mm. We're we're eating pretty good here. Like I'm ready for some more Sean sauce. You I, know, like it hasn't gone bland for me. I smile the first time he comes on camera. Every time we you? watch one of these movies, I was actually very surprised. <laughs> he popped up on camera, and I was like. Hmm, my dude, my guide. And look, I think audiences should be shelling out some more bucks for Sean. Yeah. Okay. We did. We sh- we each of us. I mean, I did a Cinemax <laughs> like subscription, like a free trial. I oh, didn't actually nice, like dude. pay anything. Did you guys pay? I paid the big bucks for standard definition. For oh, it looked great on a 4K TV. Something else I want to talk about is that this is like one of our first martial arts kind of adjacent movies we watched, I guess, since The Matrix. Uh, and the three of us, you know, we kind of bonded over martial arts, I would say, as teens. You know, the three of us are something of experts, I guess. Um, so i mean i I figured we can list our credentials we don't like to talk about to do that how good we kick butt but uh maybe ryan do you want to start like what what's your what's your stats bro let's just say me and julie watched john wick 4 and she expressed a little bit of interest in learning john wick's cool judo throws Mm. and i was able to you know make her be not like she, she can now identify some stuff that happens in the John Wick movies. And uh, yeah, she threw me to the ground the other day. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. She's like almost six inches shorter than me. So nothing like a friendly judo throw. Um, I mean, we haven't really flexed this knowledge that much, but we're like pretty good at spotting martial arts moves in movies. I have little cutouts that I hold up to the TV. And if the body fits in that cutout, then I know which move it is. Have you guys thought about like making up a martial art? Like there hasn't been kind of a fresh one i think in in like a couple like centuries you know like have we have the, have the centuries have you, like figured out all of them way ahead at like a 200 years ago and then they're just like we're done you know like like what's the most recent one well brazilian jiu-jitsu, brazilian jiu-jitsu. kickboxing what? how old yeah. is brazilian jiu-jitsu it started with the gracie family like a like 40 years <laughs> like okay. 80 80 brazilian jiu-jitsu is an 80s martial art no, no, no it's I'm like saying it's like eight, yeah, it's like yeah, the founding father of it of what we consider modern BJJ. Okay, died not too long ago, like five years ago. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, I'm gonna look up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu inven- invention date. Invention is the right word, I guess. Yeah, it was invented in 1925. I think they all like sat in a room and kind of like figured out this was yeah, a but sick invented. way of what. Like, you know, you sit in a room, and you invent a new way of fighting, and like, okay, so it's been like a hundred years. Rex Kwando. Rex Kwando. It's a fictional martial art. You think anybody what do you wants mean? to take a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? 
Forget about it. Like you got Muay Thai, which uses a lot of like elbows and knees. Like maybe use some uh, some toes. Maybe use some ears. Oh. Like there's parts of your body that are underutilized in fighting. Earlobe. Cha- oh, arm wrestling is kind of fighting and it's new. Oh, and slap fighting. Those aren't really fighting styles though. No, yeah, one of them is just trying to give each other brain damage. Yeah. They That's a lot it. of fighting. Just like help me develop our martial art right now. Okay. Okay. Um, Can... Is it um is it like our our world nor- normal or like you know if I believe hard enough that I can walk on air? Uh, it's got to be concrete. You got to it's got to be applicable. I think. I like to our the, fights. I like the uh, one from Kung Pao where okay. the guy purposefully like they taught this guy how to fight poorly. Yeah, because I was thinking about the first the, like imagine a dude who invented a martial art and he's fighting for like the first time in like a street fight or an arena you are describing brazilian jiu-jitsu this is literally has this happened yeah this is the modern origin of it so he fought a guy and he did no idea how to defend it because this is literally you're describing exactly what happened they invited all these like street fighters to the ufc the first ufc one and that was the whole idea and they brought in uh one of the gracie guys and he literally like broke people's arms and, like wiped the floor with like all these bare knuckle street fighters and That's won the whole sick. thing and he weighs like 100 pounds less than all of them you have to think that happens with every martial art right like kung fu wing chun karate they're like whoa the first karate chop to the throat like holy shit that must have been fucking insane like i don't know what we were doing before karate happened People were just like doing the the fist punch to the skull and a guy fucking karate chops them in the throat. Like insane. Okay, like imagine the first like caveman who figured out kicking. Can you imagine how fucking insane <laughs> that was? He got hit in the head with a rock by the guy who's like, hey, why would you kick me? <laughs> Why would you use feet? <laughs> that's one thing about the that's one thing about martial arts. And when you bring up karate, I don't think it's a great example because like okay. that kind of excels in like a controlled environment. Right. Whereas like in real life, they would just tackle you. What if you're fighting a dummy though with no arms? Well in that circumstance. <laughs> no, what if you're fighting uh, six inflatable dummies with no arms <laughs> that rocked back and forth every time you hit them? I mean in that think case, about yeah, kicking. Like kicking is so fucking crazy when you think about it. Like when you when you think about cavemen and they yeah, square. Yeah, let's up. go into a detailed analysis of kicking. Kicking is crazy, dude. And like a caveman spinning his leg around and hitting someone in the head, probably killing them. Let's be real. That must have been the most insane thing they've ever seen. Yeah, but to Jace's point, they just beat him with rocks after that. Like, <laughs> you can only kick so much. There's only so many rocks, though. Like, what if you run out of rocks? What if we run out of the planet Earth to <laughs> rock people with? If you told me to go outside right now in Los Angeles and find a rock, I don't think you're I could. You're not a fucking caveman. <laughs> you're, not, you're describing the opposite of the caveman problem. Okay, let's, let's do this. Uh-huh. We'll, one of us will name a body part. And then another one of us will uh, will say what it can do in this new martial art. And then the other person can figure out the name of the martial There's art. There's like two okay. or three body parts that can hit people. There are a There's, lot of body parts new that ones. can hit people. The chop was a whole new area of the hand. <laughs> okay. All right. Jace, can you name a body part? Just any body part. Besides fist, well, I guess. I have to be first? Yeah, just name <laughs> a body part. Okay. Mm-hmm. The low-hanging fruit yeah. would be... No, the weenus is already a part of the elbow. That's covered. Um, we could use the muscle that's within the elbow. That's that, not the bone, but like the muscle, the squishy part of your elbow. 
instead of the bone. And that could be a different type of fighting. Oh, and you have to go like this. You have to kind of, yeah, yeah. It's 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 going to make your arm fall asleep, but that then you can uh -huh. use that to your advantage. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, I guess, I guess I took that, what you can use it for. Ryan, you got to think of a name for it. I got to think of a name of elbow fighting? Yeah. Why? Yeah. What part of this aren't you understanding? <laughs> the I rules that are being sprung flow, on me. Bro. <laughs> with zero warning. Uh, a name for hitting people with the outside of your elbows yes um you know i gotta plead ignorance on this one uh <laughs> bendy bendy whack whack <laughs> okay that's good that's good and so when you're like when you hit somebody they're like oh shit it's gonna be hard as fuck because it's his elbow but then it's soft and they're like huh and then you hit them with a real hard one and then that's that's so, gonna completely so, so, knock wait, them so out. we're allowed to hit them with the hard ones all right i'm gonna okay uh, Ryan, now you name a body part, and Jace, you have to figure out what to do with um, it, and I'll make up a name. The calf. The calf. Another squishy part. I like how we're thinking of squishy parts. Because the hard parts are taken, you moron. <laughs> yeah, um, the calf. Um, the calf excels at extending the foot, which allows you to jump. So you have to jump, and then you uh, uh, put your calves around their head. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Wait. So you jump and you're you're like clapping their ears ah, with your soft calves. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> and the calves are soft, like you said. So they'll like yeah. they'll shoot out to the side of it and gain some momentum as they come back in. Okay. I'll, I'll call it the flying jelly clap, where it's your soft unflexed clap. That was calves. sexual. Right. It's not fucking sexual, dude. It's it's two calves slapping against. It's fucking disabling in a fight. Okay. I'm gonna name a body part. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's see what you came up with today okay before all right i'm gonna name a non a non-squishy part all right okay we because we haven't used all of the solid parts um the throat you could kind of trap someone between your clavicle and your jaw yeah you know biting's not allowed but latching onto their head or their back yeah you can yeah you can mm -hmm. kind of grab with your throat or move, you can block you can move the adam's apple up yeah up and down that, and make i'm calling out. it the apple hammer and you know <laughs> <laughs> and you just swing and you hit him with your adam's apple in the temple and it uh wait so the tiny distance when you swallow when the adam's apple goes up <laughs> and down is the hit zone yeah. <laughs> so the apple going down is gonna is gonna strike with so much so much force it's gonna it's gonna do damage yeah. apple this hammer kind of sounds like oppenheimer is that not bad yeah this is pretty good i actually really like this so with these three combined moves folks um folks listen to podcasts i know a lot of you guys are kind of like these fucking joe rogan types you know and i know a lot of you guys probably fled joe rogan after he said all those bad things and you're looking for new martial arts uh you know expertise and technique feel free to use these in the field we do not accept any responsibility you won't get any fucking dollars out of us if you sue yeah and if you get beat up <laughs> if you I'm get sorry. beat up when you get beat up we're also <laughs> not responsible dude a flying jelly clap that could absolutely annihilate a fight <laughs> yeah right before you smack your head on the pavement <laughs> the dismount oh. on that is oh, gonna he's be tough. dead <laughs> you guys want to think of more moves or should we like no, maybe please, talk God, a little bit no. about okay 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 it's fine it's fine dude okay we got enough expertise up in here um and now we can we can get to uh, ryan we're, we're on episode four you picked this movie this was your pick for for this week uh you want to tell us a little bit about what made you want to see it in and uh maybe about the movie yeah let me uh pull the imdb up. do we have a deli dude in there somewhere for the soft hits 
Uh-huh. I, I was thinking like baloney man, where he swings like a baloney like like bow staff or I don't know, like a club and it just mm. slops them in the and then Ooh, oh uh, yeah, because they do make really long could you make some nunchaku out of two sticks of baloney? Out of two sticks of baloney. I think yeah. if you really get some, soft some speed why, behind why would that a soft, be useful at all hold on ryan a speed behind a soft tube of baloney hitting yeah. you in the face that's gonna really hurt uh-huh. maybe baloney man all of his soft parts are hard and all of his hard parts are soft just like if you have like bad baloney yeah that's it, it has like cartilage and you don't like good. it no that's and funny. so when people hit him they're like what the heck they punch <laughs> him in the skull it just caves in but then he like swings around with what? his like no excuse me one second <laughs> That okay. would quite literally mean that his yeah. skin is an exoskeleton. <laughs> if, if his soft parts are hard and his hard and his parts bones are, are soft. soft. Yeah, but his bones are like fucking jello. It doesn't matter. He has an exoskeleton. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bug. He's a bug. <laughs> Guys, he's a bug. <laughs> We've invented bugs. <laughs> it has nothing to do with baloney. He's a bug man. Why are you called baloney man? I don't get it. I don't know. I have no lips. But his teeth are soft, dude. Oh, oh, his tongue is hard. He's like a parrot. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. Is his hair soft? <laughs> no, his hair's hard. Well, That's hair is hard. Interesting. Yeah, hair soft. Hair, dude, mm. hair has the hardness of copper. Yeah, I learned that. Okay, I disagree. <laughs> okay, maybe on the micro scale it's soft, but on the macro scale it's hard. I think you're no, I think you've got that backwards. We're gonna have to go to the Moe's hardness scale. Okay. Yeah, okay. What? Mo is a hardness scale? M O yeah. Man, um, I'm looking at these jacked pictures of uh Sean William Scott in this. Oof. Well, the short answer uh for Moe's hardness of a hair is um likely two point five. Oh, two point five, wow. 2.5 mo units? I would have guessed like, like what a 1.3. Okay. Um, a copper penny is 3.5. Uh, okay. A steel nail is a 6.5. Um, how much? How hard is like a, a hand bone? A hand bone. Just control F. I'm just trying to figure out how hard his fists would be. Because his is that fists the one be... that's uh, connected to the arm bone? Soft, yes. Thank you, Ryan. I used Bones to teach anatomy. are incredibly tough. Uh, a five on the Mo's hardness scale. It's only five times so harder than hair? If someone it's, told you hair is Moses only five... Moses is a scale <laughs> 1 to 10. It's not really yeah. a 5X type of thing. I oh, don't oh, I got you. I got you. No, that's tight then. Um, well, maybe like the uh, maybe the bug, like baloney man could be like a roach they found. And then he ate a radioactive piece of baloney and became a roach man. But then they call him baloney man because like, he that's all he knows. Oh, that's all he likes. He's been cursed with the eternal knowledge of the baloney, so it's like his whole worldview is like based off the baloney he I ate. I like how our first Deli Dudes had like a yeah. concept that was like <laughs> this you know, guy does the have the character concept. design, the backstory, yeah. the abilities. Right. It was mm-hmm. all in line, and now we have insects who are made big but really like baloney. <laughs> Wait, we need to also explain what the Deli Dudes are every single time because <laughs> oh, people yeah, miss right. episodes. It's our superhero gang superhero team they're based in a deli okay all their powers are based around deli based powers okay now we've said it and you guys can't go complaining to us saying we'll that, we, that we talk into too much the beginning of the conversation nah. I, I will say that and i never do okay um ryan do you want to get into the movie yeah and you asked me a question like 10 minutes ago <laughs> you keep derailing us what oh, okay. he's not wrong what a load of baloney 
Okay, so this week we watched 2003's Bulletproof Monk. You asked me why I wanted to watch this movie. I remember watching this on TV as a kid a couple times and remembering nothing, absolutely nothing about it, except for the monk was bulletproof. I didn't know. If you would ask me who was in this movie, I wouldn't have been able to tell you Sean William Scott. So when I saw it on his list... It made it made the list of the 10 movies at the beginning when I was pitching this season. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't really have a big good explanation other than that. It could go one way or the other. When you see a movie called Bulletproof Monk and the cover is entirely silver and it just has three characters on it and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that that could be the world's worst movie. It could be a completely mid movie or it could be like some hidden cult phenomenon. And uh, you'll have to re- listen to the rest of the episode to find out which one it is. But it's the uh, first one. So the no, <laughs> don't don't give it away. Don't give away. So this movie sweet- is a is about a Tibetan monk who unlocks the power of a scroll. The power gets passed on to him from an elder monk. It, it doesn't turn you literally bulletproof, but it makes you very hard to de- defeat in combat. Essentially, and gives you all these Ain't sort that of superpowers. Some bullshit? Like right. th- he's not even bulletproof yet. Like you base the entire yeah like, bullets thing can on... enter him. Right. Yeah. He he actually got super hurt when he got shot. And anyways, it's just I just think it's bullshit. Is anyways, he even a monk? like okay. So that was in like the 1940s, and for some reason the Nazis show up and doesn't because really... it was in the 40s. Well, they're right. everywhere, man. They're just sticking their fucking heads in I everyone's business in the 40s. So. And so yeah, it's kind of weird. And then it, we fast forward to the two thousand early two thousands, and Sean William Scott plays a character named Carr K A R, and he's a thief, and he runs into the bulletproof monk, and ooh, guess what? He knows a little bit of uh, martial arts, and does he have what it takes? Could he be the next bulletproof monk? And that's all I'm gonna say about the plot because I kind of want to riff on it. Have you guys seen those yeah. videos of the dudes that are monks that get brutally kicked in the nards and they're just like totally okay? <laughs> no, thanks, Jace, for taking that conversation in a natural direction. Because <laughs> this guy should be able to do that. No, I, I've seen like the Kung Pao movie where they hit him with, in the nuts with a board over and over again. But like I've never seen. You know what's also bullshit? It's like, okay, the monk's not bulletproof, but car is also not a car. He's a fucking guy. Yeah. I want to point out that this movie was directed by someone named Paul Hunter. And he hunts Paul's. <laughs> Lincoln Park fan. He has directed two types of things. One, music videos. Like hundreds of really influential <laughs> music videos. Like Lincoln Park. Really good ones. <laughs> like, like he has kind of designed the modern look of music videos. And the second type of thing he has directed is the movie Bulletproof Monk. <laughs> <laughs> like the, i'm not joking when i say this is the only thing that's not a music video that he's done that's like so insane and and folks at home go ahead and look up this dude paul hunter and look at his credits like this is insane i'm looking through it i'm michael jackson pharrell um the bad boys 10th anniversary wow you know britney spears janet jackson gwen stefani stoop dog will smith mariah carey jimmy fox common kesha yeah. maroon five jennifer lopez like seriously most importantly the wild wild west music video that plays at the end of wild wild west which is an absolute all-time slapper he did Um, drop it like it's hot you guys oh my god i watched that so many times how do you make such a bad movie hey this wasn't maybe it wasn't paul's fault and we can't give away the goose this early all right i was produced by john woo and folks i was looking at we talked about the box office earlier 
It was released on a Wednesday, which shows you how much what? confidence the uh, yeah, production so don't, company don't had. Yeah, so don't shit talk Sean William Scott for bringing this movie down. <laughs> exactly. All right? He was the best part, and I wanted to ask you guys, if, I mean, open number two, uh, the weekend of, or not the weekend, sorry, the middle of the week on <laughs> April 16th of 2003, behind another movie. This movie was number one. It opened the previous weekend, okay? This was in its, like, fifth day, uh, and it still beat this movie. It's a certain Adam Sandler movie. And I think that's all I'll say. Can you guys guess what movie it was? 2003. Adam Sandler. It was not Big Daddy. Hmm. Do you want one other hint? Uh, Wait, Adam Sandler, 2003? Yes. This was during his hot streak where he was, like, pumping him out. Oh, was his hot streak? Was it uh, the golf movie? It was not the golf movie. That's... Uh, was it Little Nicky? I'll give you a hint. Uh huh. That's a good guess. I'll give you a hint. It has singing in it. The Wedding Singer? No. That's way earlier than that. Okay, I'll give you another oh, hint. Oh, Eight Crazy Nights? It's not Eight Crazy Nights, okay? It has a person who's played the Joker in it. As oh, his Anger opposite. Management? Anger Management. You've got it, Ryan. I don't think I've seen Anger Management. Yeah, me either. I'm not really into those types of movies. Oh, yeah. It's okay. It was on FX just about as much as uh, Bulletproof Monk was. It's yeah. a it's a very like mid-Adam Sandler movie. Um, not bad. And then number three. All right. This is, this is the last one I'm going to ask you guys for this one. This is a certain Colin Farrell movie, 2003. Ryan, I feel like you're going to get this in one. I just, I just want to see if you can get this. Phone booth? It's phone booth. <laughs> I know, that's, Ryan, you're, you're a Colin Farrell head. Yeah that's, yeah, that's the type of thing I would get just prompting me the year and the actor. Jace, have you seen phone booth? I've never seen it. No. What? It, I, it looks wild. I love that movie. Kiefer Sutherland? The Keith Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this movie, it, it starts with kind of like, as Ryan said, kind of like a wild-ass premise, because they're protecting... The, these Very guardians wild. are Yeah, they're protecting this scroll of the ultimate and whoever reads his words out loud can control the world turning it into paradise or hell so the most pious men on earth that are the totally chillest dudes ever don't just read the scroll and end all of world <laughs> suffering like <laughs> yeah i was Come confused on, what, was, a... was the heaven or hell thing like a metaphor just for like you can be really good and benevolent or you can be really bad or was it Maybe. kind of a literal thing that that's why the nazis wanted it I feel like it was, they thought that, like, if you tried to use it, your natural humanness would, like, corrupt it, right? And you would you would d- descend everything into, into hell. Because, like, no human could replicate heaven, I think, is what they're trying to say, right? Like, and also... It's a pretty interesting yeah. idea because, you know, like, one person's idea of an ideal earth yeah. is not everybody's. Well, I. that's what the Nazis... Well, there's a Nazi. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> that's why they were in the movie, I think. Can, can we also talk... I don't know if Jason... Did you have another point? No, not... I mean, like, how bad can you make it if you're like, no, nobody has to work. Everybody has unlimited food in the house. <laughs> oh... <laughs> I mean, we already have the production to supply that reality. Um, yeah, so anyways, the uh, <laughs> one thing about the Nazis in these 2003 movies, the Nazis come out and they're like, yeah, we want to commit racial genocide on everybody <laughs> except for us. Did you notice that? That they were like straight up, very yeah. upfront about their motives and what Nazis were actually like? I appreciated the mask off shit where like uh-huh. the evil Nazi guy was like, I want to, he's like, I'm going to get the scroll and I'm going to eliminate inferior races. Yes. He literally <laughs> he's said like, that's my words. dream. <laughs> I'm never going to fucking change. Where like yeah, now I, they'd be like, well, the Nazis made some good points. <laughs> 
if that movie was made now, they'd be like, well, it was a complicated issue. I mean, yes. you know, there were just people. What a bad year to review this movie. I know. <laughs> Um, what do you guys think the what do you guys think the scroll says you know because they said if you read these I words think it out says, loud let, let's be real clear i think it says yeah. why there are 12 buns and eight hot dogs in a package because <laughs> it's a sentence if you utter it you can control the world like it's got to be some really funny meme or something or just like some I think really, it's a picture like a really good it's an one. embarrassing picture of spongebob at the halloween party <laughs> the christmas party <laughs> And you just read it and you go crazy. Um, the other thing in the in the intro, I just want to go over quickly because like I think it's funny that like, you know, the master hands over the scroll, right? And then he ages 60 years and he becomes old. And that was, like my first audible laugh was, well, I'm sure you guys know, it's like where he's like, now for something I've always wanted to do since the British took yeah. over in 1902, take a vacation and immediately <laughs> gets, gets riddled shot. with 600 bullets. Like, also, <laughs> I know, but like I said at the beginning, before I watched the rest of this movie, yeah, I was like, that's one of the worst lines I have ever heard. <laughs> Two says, days, retirement. Like, wow, ever since the British invaded this area, Tibet, we're in 1940. And that occurred <laughs> in the year, like, it was almost like out of BoJack. It was like the characters purposefully setting up this bit that's so, yeah. like, the setup is so much longer than the payoff. Yeah. And, and the payoff is not supposed to be a joke. It was so comical, the timing. He gets absolutely wasted literally one nanosecond after uttering that line. And then, kids, this is why you use your vacation days, is what I'm saying. You know? Right. Fuck going to work. This motherfucker never got shit after he retired. Yeah. <sighs> I also think it's funny. Like, these Nazis... I mean, there was a whole thing with, like treasure hunters right wasn't that whole thing where like hitler sent out a bunch of people to like look for fucking ancient alien ass treasures to like help win the war it just makes sense that like they huh. believe this fucking conspiracy bullshit like they do today where they're just like yeah there's a fucking cube in the middle of like the himalayas and if you activate it man it's gonna make lightning shoot out of your arms or some shit yeah they probably think this is the documentary so also with things getting like straight to the point, yeah. there is a character in this movie named Bad Girl <laughs> and her boyfriend's name. <laughs> I can't even think about it without laughing. Just say his name. Just say what her boyfriend's name is. Um, <laughs> Bad Girl's boyfriend's name is Mr. Funktastic. Did you guys notice the tattoo? The yeah. tattoo across yeah. his chest, and it's misspelled. It's Mr. Fucktastic. <laughs> Is that what? Yeah, yeah it's, it's without the, the N. And that dude, okay, like that dude totally stole the scenes he was in. He was a completely ridiculous Cockney accent dude that who looked like the singer from The Prodigy. Was he not Australian? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to ask you guys what your take on that character was, because on one on one hand... The actor was obviously fed a terrible script. Yes. Probably one of the worst character designs I've ever seen in a feature <laughs> film. It was amazing. And then, like, the director obviously didn't give that much helpful direction. But he's, the actor kind of chewed it up. He hammed it up so good in that scene. And then just fucking yeets out of the movie <laughs> yeah, and never, you never see him again. That, it literally takes an elevator like out of the screen. <laughs> and he's like, I'll get you, you bastard. And then gets, just, that's it. He's done. 
I and saw like, in the trivia, the original ending was that Funktastic comes back and helps them fight the bad guy. Why the fuck did he Why not would use he that? do that? Bring back Mr. Funktastic. Are you shitting me? You can't me? bring back a character whose only motive was to cut off Sean William Scott's Chicken balls. <laughs> no, he was just he's like, he's I'm gonna just cut mad. your balls off. And his buddy's like, he's gonna cut your balls off. <laughs> Dude, I wanted to see Mr. Funktastic and his really sick boy band looking crew show up and do their whole like freaking fight scene. Like that would have been so, so sick. That was like the coolest part of the movie. This is why I'm honestly amazed that Ryan, we get on this call and he tells me that the only other thing this dude has directed is music videos because I'm down there. That we're down there. I'm like, this scene is so gray. It does, in fact, look like we're straight out of a Linkin Park or an Evanescence <laughs> music video. And he's like descending from a cage. And it's like, mm. he I mean, just look he, at the year. He had yeah. the, he had that set up. It was a it was a <laughs> very yeah, that set up. Was it was like, a vibe. Fair. The vibes are very post-Matrix, too, because you have, you know, agents in suits chasing people. There's the shot-for-shot helicopter thing with a machine gun, and then you got bullet time and all this stuff, and literally a free-your-mind speech by the mentor. I think it was very much playing in that post-Y2K action space. But I also, something I've noticed in the Sean season is that they've said the title of the movie uh, every single episode. Oh. This this one, they said the word bulletproof monk 10 minutes in. Uh, it's by the Nazi guy because he says, you may be good, but you're not bulletproof. And then monk? about two minutes later, the first word he says is monk. <laughs> he screams the word. <laughs> so his line is bulletproof monk. And that is the title wait, of the movie. So, you, so wait, hold on. So you're talking, so you're saying the yes. bad guy approaches bulletproof monk. Yes. Says you're not bulletproof. Fights mm-hmm. him. Kicks him off a cliff or whatever. Yeah. And then when he's screaming monk, that's a continuation of the same line. <laughs> yeah. Because Ju- title- Julie pointed that out. That's what she checked out and she was like, okay, I'm going to go sleep. <laughs> when the Nazi was just standing there and was just like, monk. Yeah. Like, what was he doing? Like, he shoots him. Oh. He falls off a cliff. Why was he upset? The direction about it, too, was like, he was like, monk. Monk. The director was like, "Act like he was your best friend who just died," and he's like screaming into the air, like "Monk." I just don't understand it, it really at all, and I don't think there's an answer to this. But why would the guy who shot someone who was standing on the edge of a cliff, yeah, and who's just fighting him, like shot him on purpose? The monk had the scroll. Oh, he did. That's it. That's the he answer. Had the scroll in his back. You don't even so have to keep explaining. Why the fuck would you shoot him? Because then, he's a dipshit. Like, he's a Nazi. He's a he's fucking stupid. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> PSA to anybody out there who supports Nazis, you're an idiot. <laughs> if he was smart, he wouldn't be a Nazi. <laughs> what I love, too, is like, you know, it flashes forward 60 years later, which is wild. It's 2003. I guess it's wild living 20 years past that. You're in NYC, and my favorite thing is like seeing that news headline, Asian man pulls three from fire. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We talked about that. Like, why would... Like, what the wait, fuck? So why would the newspaper not just say man it's just asian and then like all of these news articles are just like asian man saves guy <laughs> like, and you're supposed to be like oh it's that guy it's that <laughs> asian the guy. only other asian man <laughs> later on do you know how i tracked you because news outlets are racist and you're a good dude <laughs> <laughs> and so uh like ryan said we see sean william scott for the first time i think this is his first role we've seen where he's not like 
dumb, right? He's not he's not like a comic relief dumbass. He's kind of capable. Like he's kind of smart. Well, that's why I like the rundown though. That I mean, he plays a similar to a different he's still the, the comic relief, but in the rundown, just like this movie, he's capable but funny. And he has a little bit more of an edge here cuz he's a pickpocket, like he's a professional kind of like criminal in his own eyes. And then he also like helps run a kung fu theater, which I think is very tight. Yeah, that was I liked that character design actually. Like the fact that he has a background in it sort of but like it's kind of a quirky fun charming background it's not like i was trained in a monastery for a thousand years background i thought we were gonna he's gonna literally gonna do the arrow thing where it's like five years in hell i was on an island and they beat me with sticks and now i speak 17 languages instead we get a rocky montage with a kung fu movie in the background where he's mimicking the moves and <laughs> that was like pretty cool turning to watch really the cool. yeah. the black it and white cool. film that was pretty sick there's some individual scenes in here that actually look quite sick yeah like that scene where he's like sweaty in a fucking tank top just like doing these these scenes there's a couple fight scenes that are not bad in here and there's also just some shots where like this really vibey atmospheric keyboard music it sounds like something from like deep forest or something and they're like looking into mirrors and like the rain's pouring down i was like okay okay like me and julie actually paused it once because there was one shot on a so they had this like telephoto lens with a close-up and the background was super super out of focus so there was a really shallow depth of field on the actor and there were single lights in the background and the light so normally when a circular lens is out of focus with a single point of light you will just get a blurry light it's like a blurry circle in the background that's called like a bokeh and in this movie the blurry circle in the background from the light actually had the tops and the bottoms cut off of it and so i it was really interesting you don't see this all the time and usually you don't see it because people are paying attention to it but like it made a really cool aesthetic because the bokeh was like a rectangle almost and i think it's from the shield and the lens in front of the the shield in front of the lens be extending out really far and the lens is technically like block or the shield is technically blocking some yeah. of the light and i'd never had i literally had never seen that before and i don't know whether i'm sound like an idiot to anybody who has seen that before because maybe it's all over the place but like they, they were they tried to get so artsy in this movie that sometimes it was really like something to at least appreciate their attempt but also at the same time like they maybe were overcompensating and were like, let's shoot this super freaking artsy and didn't yeah. really know how, or maybe they're like, if we don't shoot, shoot it super out of focus, it's going to look terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's, there was, there was some like weird artsy elements. I think that's, that goes back to him being like a music video director where he just wants to throw in these vibey things and see what works, man. Maybe we should do more of that. No. Yeah. Um, and that's why like, once again, comparing this movie to John Wick is very interesting, especially because we just watched John Wick 4. And last season, I was doing this thing where we were watching a bad movie, and then me and Julie watch a really good movie, like, on our own, and kind, of, con- great. kind of compare the two. And we watched them within 24 hours of each other, and it's kind of eye-opening, like, uh, how artsy and stylistic yeah. the same types of shots and scenes were in John Wick and then watching this, it's just like people hanging out in their backyard trying to make an action movie. They had a Cocoa Puff scene in John Wick 4? <laughs> you know, they did not. I think they did by the original, right? Because isn't he sitting in his... In the original John Wick, is it in his kitchen is making he eat, cereal? Does he eat fucking Cocoa Puff? Jace, I loved that Cocoa Puff scene where 
Chow Young Fat does that really sick, smooth criminal, like lean with the Cocoa Puffs and doesn't drop it and then swings around in a circle. <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. Yeah, I also thought like it was interesting that most people knows no martial arts in here. It's kind of like a martial arts movie in that sense. Even though Sean William Scott explains that he learned it in the theater, everyone kind of knows these moves. And uh, we also see the return of the bow staff, which we haven't gotten since the Ben season. And uh, I kind of wanted to revisit with you guys, like, should we bring back the bow staff as like a really sick weapon that more people should be trained in? We should talk about the fact that a pipe, a metal yeah. pipe, whipped mm-hmm. around like a bow staff would kill a human being. If it <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to say. Like, <laughs> one whap along the side of the head, dead. Yeah. you're gonzo. Mr. Funktastic, he's never been hit by a pipe in his head before. I know. Well, and actually, that's what—that's one. Well, yeah, we don't know that. His tattoo artist, at least. The, uh, and there was another scene where, like, or same another part of that scene where Sean William Scott is kind of just like waving the pipe next yeah. to the other guys, and the other guys are fucking terrified of it. Meanwhile, they're swinging pipes at Sean William Scott, and I'm like, just first off, just grab the pipe. But also, like, have you never seen a pipe before? Like, what? Like, what's the implication there? I guess if I was in a, if I was in like a, you know, like an underground sewer gang, which is like one of my dreams, um, and like we were surrounding like this cool dude who's gonna fight us all, and he he picks up a pipe, and I'm like, okay, guys, keep your distance. You don't want to get hit in the head. And he starts doing this like twirl where he's swinging it around his neck and back. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, well, maybe we should like wait this out for a sec and see if he actually knows how to use this because it's kind of dangerous. He has he has a lot of coverage. Oh, it's with absolutely that, dangerous. Yeah, the odd you you take a step forward, bam, pipe to the eyeball, dead. <laughs> And health insurance is not great for underground sewer gang. And Mr. Funktastic might just be like, mm, no, I'm not paying out your dental this Sorry, year. Sorry, love. But I think um, if I was just saying this earlier, like if the three of us got really good at both staff or like nunchucks, like we said in the paycheck episode, I think it would be terrifying if we whipped that out. Just like if we were ever in a sketchy situation. And you were presented with a bow staff. I've never been within staff. 500 yards of a bow staff. <laughs> 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 Are you suggesting we would carry our own? I, I guess it's hard to carry around, right? Like, you, you, there's no like extendo bow staff you can have. You can carry around nunchucks. Sometimes this is this is going way too deep in this hole, but I okay. love it. Yeah. Sometimes when I go fishing, um, I'd like to imagine or kind of like get a sense of how close I am to the nearest fish. And like sometimes mm-hmm. it's really obvious you can see surface activity, or sometimes. If you're really lucky, you can see the fish themselves. Sometimes you kind of just, if you at least if you get skunked, you don't get a sense of exactly where they are, but you're like, okay, the fish live here. It's the right time of day, you know, right type, right season. So I'm probably just within, you know, 50 yards of a fish. It's probably fish I've casted over and they're just not biting. Okay. Sometimes I show up to the river and I'm like, there's not a fish within two nautical miles of me. And I'm just wasting my time out here. And that's how I feel about bow staffs. Like, (laughs) not only in martial arts movies, but like bow staffs are so rare. Yeah. That they're only mentioned in what, like Napoleon Dynamite is the only reason I know the word bow staff. No love for Donatello. It's the only non-lethal weapon in the Ninja Turtles gang. Lethal, I think that's kind of a misnomer compared to a katana or a sai it's the only one that's not like sharp 
Okay, like, imagine you're one-on-one. A guy has a bow staff, but he's completely untrained. Like, do you know any counters? Because, like, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't know what you to rush do at all. If someone has a weapon and they're to completely the trained distance. with it anyways, it doesn't matter what the weapon is. And I'm not choosing fucking bow staff. <laughs> I know, but if someone had a bow staff against you, could you defend against it? I no, don't think not so. if they know how to use it and I don't have nothing. What if, they, what if they don't know how to use it at all? Then probably just run at them. I think it's still a pretty good weapon. They could point this pointy end of the stick at you, or like the 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 stick. Yeah, end, and you'd be and like, ow! You like hit you hit your sternum and it, and you're like, oh, dang that's it. mildly uncomfortable. What if they think they need to hit you with the middle of it and not the tips? Then great, good for me. They should Anyways. join our soft limb fighting league. <laughs> we use alternative parts of the weapons too. Yeah, lots of handle the hits. chains on the nunchucks. <laughs> hit them with the chain. <laughs> it freaks them out. Wow. I also think it's funny that like Chow Young Fat in this movie, uh, he's coming right off of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Great movie. And he, great movie. And he's he's in this is is kind of like a fish out of water sort of comedy. But it's like I don't know why he doesn't know more about modern New York if he's just like it's not like he's been frozen, you know? Like well, his I I didn't take it that way because he knows everything about the hot dog economy. Okay, he loves hot dogs, but he doesn't know like other <laughs> shit. <laughs> like he, he says the meaning of life is in the question of why are there, what, eight buns in a package but ten hot dogs in a package? And that's all I could think about for like the next hour and a half. It's a good question. Is that why you had all that time to notice like the effects going on in the scene and the filming? I wasn't I wasn't like the, 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 the content all. was low in the movie and you were like, hot dogs. <laughs> hot dogs, what the fuck? I mean, the answer is capitalism, and when you run out of buns, you have to go buy more buns, then you gotta buy more hot dogs after that. You're supposed to so. buy 10 I think packs it's because of hot dogs if you tried to put 10 packs. buns, if you tried to put 10 <laughs> buns in that bag, all the buns okay. would get squished. Make a bigger bag. Why are you making an 8 bun bag? Make a 10 bun I'm bag. Pretty, we already eight have hot dogs the and 10 buns. Wait, what? 8 hot dogs, 10 buns. 10, no, okay, 10 hot dogs, 8 buns. Either way, you could change the bag size for either of those factors and just make them both But then 10. you would get 12 hot dogs. You wouldn't need 12 hot dogs. You just keep it 10. But there's a bigger bag. You could fit more in there. That's just wasting space. Just make a smaller fucking bag. <laughs> How would you get the 12 hot dogs in a smaller bag? <laughs> you Okay. I'm All a right, hamburger look, guy. What? Next. I'm a ham... Okay. <laughs> I, love, I love hot dogs, too. Um... Mm. Do you guys, I mean, have you guys ever done like the, like two buns, one hot dog, or two hot dogs, one bun? Two just kind of like bun, resolve two this. Buns? Two buns? What? Okay, two buns I is rough. Buns, I have double dogged my own mouth before. <laughs> what? Two buns, one hot dog is rough. It's a lot of fucking dry bread in there. And you're kind of making like a square with the, the, the two Next buns. Next time I go to uh, our a baseball game i'll ask for an extra bun <laughs> are we all hot dog is a sandwich people or yeah. or not yeah 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 i'm I, I yeah i think i think it is and i don't like that whole hot dog is a taco thing like fuck off you know it's a sandwich anyways um i just read uh that this was supposed to be an r-rated movie and his yeah. name was supposed to be mr fucktastic are you are you serious and they had to change it i.e. the tattoo being wrong because they didn't get the r rated uh that go it, ahead i think him being named mr funktastic is even better it's so me. much funnier <laughs> i actually liked chow young fat in here i think at i first, did i did a lot yeah 
Yeah, he seemed a little flat. I wasn't sure if they were going to do like too much of like the Orientalism, weird kind of like stoic thing. But he had like a personality, like he had humor, he had quips, and he, he kind of like showed a little more in here. And I think he kind of grew on me in this movie. Yeah, he's got he's got a charm. He's got like an everyday man charm for sure. Yeah, I mean, there is an element of kind of like, oh, like, look at this Asian man. Isn't he so strange compared to all these, you know, um, I, and I was afraid they were going to do that a lot, but it wasn't as much as I thought. I enjoyed how they played the character where it was like, mm. I wasn't always a monk, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, the That's 1920s the... were crazy. <laughs> I do have a question. Um, okay. Is this an end of the world movie? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, it no. is. <laughs> it is, man. The scroll could have fucking ended the world. I mean, it, yeah. the end of the world the guy isn't eradicate. implied, though. So the only end of the only Sean William Scott movie we've had that's not an end of the world movie was The Rundown. And that can be easily edited to say, like, oh, the Gato could destroy the world. I don't agree that yeah. this is an end of the world movie. Well, you do don't think wanna... so, Jace? No. What? There's no destruction of the world. But there's a threat. Look, I just I get what Jace is saying. It's not quite an end of the world movie. It's not a disaster movie. The scroll, like, I like how, I mean, towards, this, we're kind of jumping ahead, but there's a point where the Nazi guy gets the scroll, and he becomes, like, super young and ripped again, but then he doesn't have the last line to destroy all the races, and, like, why is there one final line that allows you to destroy all the races, but the rest of the lines allow you to become young and ripped? Yeah, I, I, I was not fully paying attention during that part of the movie. It's when I was thinking about the other existential questions about hot dogs, but, so, Right. The monk, knowing this, tattoos the part where people can yes. turn to superhumans onto his body. <laughs> but he's like, the race one I think I'm going to keep in the old noggin. How, how long does how long does reading those tattoos made you, make you super make you superhero, you know? Yeah, that's another question, too. Wait, how long? Yeah, like, could that Duration. Nazi dude have just been like, I'm going to live forever now? Oh, like, how long it would, would it last? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I well, mean, why would the bulletproof monk not then like let all his friends read his tattoo and they all turn into super soldiers and then they just punch the Nazis up? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions here because, yeah, like he could have transferred the monk powers to like a lot of different people. But I think at the end of the day, you know, he's like a, you know, he's a devout monk dedicated to his craft and he doesn't want to like break his vows and let people read that shit. He's just like, I'm going to fucking tattoo it on myself. I'm not going to share it because that's what that's what my boy d told me to do uh, way back in the day. Mind you, does him not tattooing every single phrase on his body and then reading it constitute reading the scroll? And <laughs> yeah, what about the tattoo artist? Shouldn't the power have been enacted? <laughs> like, I think he... There's, there's think an he immortal tattoo guy. artist out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, wait, how did that work? I think he must have tattooed himself. But then hey, he, so what are you doing here in but tattoo then he school? Read, he opened and read the scroll <laughs> to put it on himself. So at that point, he but could he, have been like, mm, I'm going to make the world a veritable paradise. <laughs> Can I use veritable that way? Because it's like I veritable know, wasteland, right? Is um, Venerable? Veritable? Maybe. Ver what? Veritable, used as an intensifier, often to qualify a metaphor. Oh. Can we talk for a second about the fact, though strange fact, that this movie passes the Bechdel test? Does it? Yeah. The Nazi lady oh, yeah. and the bad fucking... girl talk to each other for like yeah. two minutes. In like a fight scene, right? No. Beforehand when they're in at the, the Human Rights Center. Oh, you're yeah. totally right. Yeah. And it's in a movie where I thought the two, only, the, let's be very clear, the only two female characters, I thought they were going to be talking about men. Like if, right. if, if you were to say, hey, these two characters meet, what are they going to talk about? Guess. 
I would say, yeah. oh, they're probably going to talk about Menace. 2003. But they get into like an existential debate about the <laughs> usefulness of human rights organizations and like, you know, publicity. You know, I'm with you, but they just end yeah. the scene so horny that I don't think that it can pass <laughs> yeah, the it test. <laughs> it was it was weirdly horny, but they almost got there. It's like it passes the baseline factual test, but not the yeah. advanced one. <laughs> also, like um, to talk about the stunts in this movie, they use a lot of wire work. Um, did you guys catch that one part where the Nazi, where like a Nazi punt pushes like one of the monks through a table? And it looked like the hit was kind of too hard. And the actor was kind of like, oh, fuck. And he kind of like leans over to like pick him up. But then like the, it cuts. And no. so like it's a really, yeah, I, I had to rewind it a couple times. Because someone like, he gets pushed a little too hard for the stunt. Falls through the table like really hard. And the guy, and you can visibly see the Nazi guy like go like, oh, shit. And he like goes towards the person to like pick him up. <laughs> and it's it was a really funny scene. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of this movie in a nutshell. Did um this conv- uh, this scene I had to rewatch a few times when um the uh, Nazi goes to the movie theater and the owner is there alone and they're looking for Swiss and they're like have you seen him do you know where he is blah 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 he's not there and they smack this thing down onto the counter oh yeah do you know do either of you know what that I is I think that was a movie reel it's a thirty millimeter movie case that like. Why would that install fear in the owner of a movie theater? Who the fuck that's a normal person would even know what that is, though? Like, <laughs> she must have found it on Sean, right? But no, because it's a, it's huge, dude. It's, a, it's bigger than a briefcase. It's big. It's metal. I thought it was like a... I thought they were going to... I thought it was like a torture device to begin with. I thought they were like threatening him. Like a, Yeah, because they plop it on the counter and yeah. the owner of the movie theater is like, oh no! But he sees yeah. that stuff every day. That's probably something they picked up in the very room. I feel like it was a cut scene or something or like they cut a context because I think she's slapping it on there to show that she knows Sean is there. But there was no context to explain that at all. Because I was also rewinding it, Jace. Because I was like, what the fuck? But then Mr. Kojima, you know, he doesn't snitch. Yeah, what know? a bro. Yeah. Also, I like I like Sean William Scott's apartment. It was kind of cool. <laughs> it, was, it has that grungy, like, 2000s garbage everywhere, microwave balance. Yeah, like, on, like a, a loft maker, in New York like. City before, you know, that was swanky. Yeah, I love depictions of, like, 90s, 2000s New York City, where it has just this griminess... And it just has this coolness to it. That's kind of like what I imagine New York is like, right. is from that era. Um, like to kind of get back to the dialogue in this movie is really ridiculous and insane. Like we haven't really expressed that that much, but like sometimes one line after another is more insane than the last. It's like nobody talks like this and they just say some really outlandish shit. And I think it's it's worth watching, at least for that reason. Like it's it's really bizarre. I very much enjoyed how easily Sean William Scott was persuaded into doing things, right? Like He's like, oh, yeah. I can't beat you up. I guess you can sleep in my bed. Yeah, he's like, okay. And the guy was like, hey, these uh, these killer Nazis are coming after me. Want to help me with this scroll? And he's like, well, I guess I got nothing better to do. And this whole movie happened over the course of like two days. Yeah, that's that's insane. <laughs> they showed up to the, went, the bad girl's house and they broke in for some reason. Yeah. That was kind of a plot point. But they broke in and they were like, yeah, when I met you this morning. I was like, what? what? <laughs> when did Chow Yun-Fat go to sleep? <laughs> it went from, it went from Sean went William Scott like... In the bed. That's, yeah. like a, that's like a scene in the movie. Was that during the day? It was, it was at night. No, but when he breaks into the bad girl's house, she's like, yeah, since I saw you this morning. Maybe that's when Chow Young Fat was sleeping. 
Um, but it, it's crazy that like Sean William Scott went from buying a hot dog that day to freeing monks from the torture device chairs in the underground Nazi lair. Why were they like, in those? What was <laughs> the point of the, the Nazi torture device? The specific device he invents, right, Jace? Where their arms are in the air and there's like these sucking tubes in their brains. Okay, well, that's a thing. Those yeah. are supposed to be needles. And then at some point they realized we can't put needles on our extras foreheads to make this machine look <laughs> real. So they put little suction thingies on the end of them. Like, what is it doing? Is it sucking their thoughts? Why does they need to start it with water? <laughs> yeah, and the water just flows into the middle of the room. Start the, start the water machine. <laughs> yeah, pump like 100,000 gallons of water straight into this facility. Like, why did you build those million-dollar machines created by, like, a designer company? They look fantastic. <laughs> like, you don't need that to torture somebody. I'm just saying. This is some extra-ass shit. I think people who haven't seen this movie, which is basically everybody, um, it's going to be very confused. Oh, had what you guys like? seen this before? <laughs> I have. I had seen no, it on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I don't remember anything from it. I just remember the, the premise. Yeah, I, I, I saw, like, commercials for it on FX. Like, I, I think just... Sean William Scott's like an FX actor to me because like I feel like that channel loved him and played a lot of his movies <laughs> and that's like my whole context for him but yeah I mean this movie kind of just keeps unfolding and gets kind of conceptually crazier I think and then uh, it kind of just culminates into like a kung fu fight between uh, the Nazi guy and the monk and Sean William Scott who's training what seems like to be the new guardian of the scroll which I thought was fun and then, boom, it's actually Bad Girl and Swiss are the scroll. Yeah, I didn't, quite, I didn't quite get that. They both well, separately fulfilled the prophecies, but together like, I, at the same time. Right, but isn't that like a total cheat code? No, because he says the really mystical line. I mean, they did show you a montage of how she did all the same tasks that he did. Mm -hmm. But like my issue with this actually isn't so much that like whether or not she earned it. Because I think whatever, fine. Like she did all the shit he did. But like it's kind of fucked up to kind of just almost like marry these two people like this. That's what I'm talking about. Where he's like, you two are both semi-immortal guardians and like, man, you better hope they actually like each other because they just met yesterday. And it's like, I don't, I know they, yeah, don't, they don't even know have if to... like the other person sleeps with the fan on in the summer. Right. And right. that might be a deal breaker. Yeah. It kind of implied that they're going to be in a relationship now after hitting it off that first day. But it's like, I guess you don't have to hang out with the other guardian the whole time. It'd, like, it'd if probably it be better if you don't. Uh, well, yeah. It's, it, well, hmm. But then each guardian has only part of the scroll. That, that was kind of like a whole thing that kind of had me scratching my head about logistics. Yeah. But I was also thinking, like, why doesn't the monk just give the guardianship to, like, 12 people? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like, not only if he could make his friends super friends by letting them read nine-tenths of it, but why not orchestrate people to fulfill all the conditions and then spread it out and make a whole new army of immortal people mm-hmm. um did do you think it split the text 50 50 on their bodies or they both got the full copy of it except the last two words i think both got full copy because it looked identical and then he split the last two words between the two of them i i love uh, jc mentioned it earlier that last the, the nazi characters exit where the monk is like you can still change. I've given you so many chances. And the Nazi screaming, I will never change. And then falling to his death and hitting power lines. And getting electrocuted to, to death. A Nazi. Like, what? That is pure Nazi shit. And also, that is the most, like, hilarious, serious movie death I've ever seen. 
Can I also say I didn't know this movie was about Nazis when I picked it? Neither did I. Like, it was <laughs> that's so fair. Much. That was that came out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. It could have literally really been it. anybody. They could have could have been the just bad, a bad actor. Could have been anybody. Yeah, could have been a bad dude. I mean, it, it was definitely a, a, an anti-Nazi movie. It made him look like fucking idiots. That was that was refreshing. That was actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they got their shit kicked in because they suck. Um, I mean, do you guys you guys want to get into the meters or or should we answer the hot dog question? Like they did answer that at the end of the movie. It's be happy. You always have a hot dog. Yeah, I, I like there. There's just like <laughs> shit happens. So you can always get a hot dog. That was the that was the, the morale of the story. Of yeah. Be present. Enjoy your hot dog. I'm so OK. I'll start my I'll start my meters. <laughs> so at this portion of the podcast, we do two different meters. We'll do first the Seanometer, which is just a rating of how Sean is Sean and how well he comports with our preconceived notions of what a Sean William Scott movie should be. And then we'll do the actual movie meter, what we think of the movie. We, we don't just boil it down to one meter because that's you know, way too simplistic. And they might be totally different. For example, <laughs> my, uh, I'll go first. My Sean William Scott meter is a hard to place. And this actually kind of comes upon a hypothetical that we talked about a couple weeks ago, because I think his quantity might be a little too high, right? Like, hmm. in my mind, he's definitely the number two. And in this, he's kind of like really prominent. He's, it's up there with the rundown. Like he's really prominent, but he's maybe too, maybe too prominent. And so I did not know that he was going to be the next Bulletproof Monk. And like a normal Sean William Scott movie, he'd just be kind of long for the ride. You know, the Bulletproof Monk would have his own plot line and then Sean William Scott would be there like making jokes and stuff. And yeah, so I think unfortunately his quantity is actually going to take him a bump down. We also didn't get a caw, caw. That's true. But not a single one. Yeah, but he is sexy in this movie. Ooh wee. <laughs> I think they got him in this thinking he was going to launch off in a different type of career. And uh, so that's a point. I think I'm going to give this a solid seven for the Seanometer. Same year as Daredevil? Yeah. Damn. Can't wake up. Wake me up uh jace is it you is it me or you? it's you uh yeah this for my shinometer i mean i'm a little different ryan because like i i do think him being in the movie is good enough for me because I, I i do like just having him as an actor i like seeing our boy but i th- i do think he was kind of a supporting role in this movie i think chow young fat is kind of the star here sean plays more of a comedic relief but also, it's the duties are split between him and Chow Young Fat as well, because there's there's points in here where Sean plays the straight man, which I think is kind of interesting. He also wasn't a total dumbass like we've seen in previous movies. Even in the rundown, he was kind of a goofball who was kind of clueless about things. But here, I think he was very worldly. I think he knew what people thought of him. The other thing I base Sean on is whether or not he's the best part of the movie. Uh, I, I'm kind of thinking about that here. I think I think he is. Like he is a kind of a sh- he does elevate this movie. Uh, even though I do really enjoy Chow Young Fat, I do think if you took out Sean, this movie would suffer for it. So uh, I think he'll get a point there. Uh, he's absolutely fucking shreddy in this movie and was working out pretty hard for the martial arts shit. He learned a bunch of like fucking moves. And I think an effort was made to actually like learn some of these martial instruments. Um, He wasn't very shibby. Like that was kind of like a big thing for me. And I think he's going to kind of get a dock here. But I think I'm going to set this thing at a six. It's 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 definitely a Sean movie, but maybe not like the thing you'd watch if you like his sauce. 
He's kind of like evil Shibby in this, like dark side yeah. of the Shib. Yeah, he's like anti-Shib. Yeah. Uh, you said a six? Yeah. I'm going to give it an eight. All right, let's Good move review. on to the movie meter. <laughs> so that's one thing I think about. The, uh, I think this movie is hard to place because on the one hand, it's shot by someone who doesn't really know what they're doing for a feature-length film. But on the other hand, I really enjoy the performances of the main three. I enjoyed this movie more than... I thought this was a good movie. I had a I had an LOL counter. I got to four before I got bored and put my phone down. <laughs> and uh, or actually before I got, got bored and picked my phone up. There's other things like that I really enjoyed. The hot dog thing was hilarious. Mr. Funktastic was si- simultaneously some of the most hot and cold material we've ever had. Like that burning juxtaposition. Like I don't know. That's the <laughs> shit that makes magnets work. I don't understand it. And. <laughs> The the handshake scene between the monk and Sean William Scott was classic comedy. That was like one of the funniest scenes I think Wait, we've seen. Scene? In gripping each other's hands and like, and oh, like okay, yeah. you think you win? Yeah. And like, oh, and it's trying to see who can squeeze harder. And stuff like that made me enjoy it. Did I tune out for the plot heavy parts? Yeah. Did I laugh my ass off when Sean William Scott ran straight into a wall? Yes. <laughs> and that's the difficulty in a movie like this. I hate giving out fives because I always feel like I can maybe vibe with a movie or not vibe and find a reason to put it at a six or a four. But this movie is pulling me in different directions. And I think I'm going to land in the middle at a five. I, I think you made some good points there, Ryan. One thing I just want to point out real quick. And like this movie was made in 2003. It's the same fucking year he came out with The Rundown, American Wedding, and Old School. This dude was in four fucking movies, four pretty big movies, I'd say, uh, all in one year. Like this is probably one of the hardest working dudes in Hollywood. Like that's insane. But yeah, Ryan, like I, I agree. Uh, I think this movie was was strangely enjoyable. I think I liked it a little more than I thought I would. With that said, there's some severe pacing problems, particularly in the third act. Um, I was I was starting to check out a little bit. Like I think the hour 45 was kind of felt here. We always talk about how we love a 90 minute action movie, and I feel like it would have benefited from some tighter pacing. Uh, also, if you're gonna have like a, a martial arts movie. Like, pull the fucking camera back. Like, do some shit, like, in The Matrix. Because there's there was a lot of hard cuts. Like, you have no sense of the hits. You have no sense of the choreography. And it was kind of boring to watch for a lot of these scenes. Um, which is a bummer. Compare that to The Matrix. They pull that shit back. You see everything. That shit's sick. Uh, should have been in here. There wasn't as much laughs as I would have wanted in a movie like this. I think they could have bumped up the funny meter just a little bit, maybe. Um, a little less uh, a little less serious action, a little more comedy. And I think that those elements mixed in with just like the fucking cartoony ass, <laughs> like Nazi characters they had, I think could have been really fun. With that said, it's, I don't know if I'd recommend this thing. There's, there's a lot of problems with this movie. I think I'm going to, I'm going to set it at a four, a light four. I, I think it is probably the best I can give it. Mm. Yeah, I'm at a four too. I don't think it was better than Evolution. Kind of sits the same as Dude Where's My Car, but being in a different genre. Surprise, a lot less, a lot less problematic content than I would have expected from a movie called Bulletproof Monk in 2003. Yeah, same. I was like, <laughs> like surprisingly, most most of the most of the problematic content was like sexual, like the how far does this tattoo go gag thing, like. Kind of left me feeling a little weird. Like, mm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think Chow Yun Fat in Swiss did a good job. So, 
Hell yeah. Jace, yeah. I thought you were just going to say the number again and just <laughs> be like four. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm fucking tired, dog. It's a late recording time. I am amazed Dude, at how low energy at I am. Dude, you 6 p.m. <laughs> Don't even get at me. We normally start at 7 my time, dude. I got home at 5.15, and I only ate after I got home, and it was three eggs in a tortilla. Oh, God, dude. Take care of yourself. <laughs> over a sink. Like, <laughs> I did eat over the sink. Oh, no. I used to, well, I used I, to just dip tortillas in jelly and, like, jam. Mwah. Yeah. Bon appetit. Well, I'm glad you guys made it to this recording session. We had we had to fit it in. We're getting busy, guys. But there you have it for Bulletproof Monk. Let us know what you think if you've seen this. I'm really curious if anyone else has seen this. Because I feel like this is one of those movies, if you say it, they're going to be like, what? what? <laughs> like, is, is that what some kind of like weird exploitation movie that came out in like the 70s? Um, so is it is it my turn to pick the it next? It is, yeah flick up in here great i've been kind of thinking about this like i've been kind of waffling between multiple movies here i'll let you guys know what i was thinking because like at first i was thinking goon because I, I do like that movie but it's kind of a late career piece for him so i'm gonna i'm gonna wait on that episode four i think episode five's too soon for that too soon for goon but i think i am gonna go with final destination this time around i haven't seen the first one all the way through i know sean's in this movie it's what it's another iconic 2000s movie that kind of revamped the horror genre at the time i think it'll be a fun watch sean is not first build here he's kind of in the back of the the picture of the cool teens and final destination but i think it'll be a fun ride yeah I, I i'm interested to see what type of role he plays i haven't seen the first one all the way through i've seen a few of these Th these movies are insane they're also probably not going to be great for my anxiety nope but uh i think it'll be a, i think it'll be a fun ride so hope you guys join us next week for those of you guys who watch along at home uh you know maybe maybe fucking rent this thing and, uh, and see it with us and, and debrief maybe watch bulletproof monk and replay the episode you know we take replays that's cool the thing counts it for us but yeah find find us follow us on social media follow us on youtube i'm posting our videos again um catching up i'm almost done with the anne hathaway season it just takes me so gosh darn long to upload these videos but feel free to watch them uh the one with joe is up if you ever want to see what joe looks like mm, here's uh, his sweet pipes and you can see his face and our faces if you haven't seen ours which i don't know why you haven't um that would be weird. Uh, well, uh, is, is there anything else we do? We uh, we tell him to have a good night. We do Seanism uh, for us. Seanism. Let's do a Seanism. Yeah, yeah. We could do a quick wreck. Cause you got some wrecks. No, I recommend getting no, I... seven to nine hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> my my fish tank's doing good. Oh no. Oh. Yeah, my fish tank's doing. It's really boosted my mental health. I've got a little fish in my bedroom. Uh, swimming around. I've upgraded the tank recently, so he's like swimming. Dang. And uh, hot tubbing. It's good. It's a good time. I've got live plants embedded in the dirt. And yeah, I have a piece of wood that I purchased and I have to like soak it for a month. And I've been soaking it in the garage for a week. And it's like a big operation to get this piece of wood in the tank. Wait, why do you have to soak it? So it doesn't float? Yeah. Huh. And it's like, ugh, it's a big ordeal. And now I want a bigger tank. Wow, you're like one of those aquarium guys. I heard it doesn't stop. You just it doesn't stop. Bigger, yeah. bigger. Like, I, I know. I, <laughs> I already want another one. I've had this one for a Aquarium addiction. And then you're just going to be living in a tiny house with a huge aquarium right. in the back. That's super tight. It's good to know someone with an aquarium. It's right. kind of like having a boat where you don't want to have one yourself. 
because it's kind of a money hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have a single fish. He's living large, and you're, you're treating him good, Ryan. I'm happy for that. Uh, so Ryan's enjoying the aquarium. Jace uh, is enjoying the sleep. I guess I've been enjoying uh, the plot against America. I just finished that HBO miniseries. I think it kind oh, of. Oh, I flew thought under you were radar. just talking about your the interests. plot against America. I'm really into it. Uh, <laughs> it's a miniseries on HBO. I think it flew under the radar because of COVID. I think literally happened as it came out. Oh. Um, but it's based on a Philip Roth novel. It's like an alternate history where uh, FDR doesn't win the presidential election and Charles Lindbergh wins, who's like a famous anti-Semite. What? And it's like an alternate America, and it follows a Jewish family as they kind of try to navigate it. It's super good. I think it's one of the finest pieces of media I've ever seen. It's really well really? made. It's six episodes. Um, so if you if if us talking about Nazis <laughs> makes you want to see some more content adjacent to that, um, watch that show. It's it's very serious. It, it could be a little bleak, but I think it's very relevant. Um, and I really enjoyed watching it all the way through. On that note, shall we close with a Seanism? Sure. Jace, do you want to start? Is that where we, Seanisms, where we say the words? We say something that we try to channel Sean's energy and try to come up with a Sean quote between the three of us. Mighty. Hot. <laughs> Potatoes. Punch. <laughs> tastes? Punch tastes? <laughs> uh, fuck, okay. Um, oh, you're talking about the action punch? I was talking about the noun punch. Okay, okay, okay. No. Mighty potatoes punch tastes? Punch punch tastes? Inside your <laughs> very soft mouth. <laughs> there we go. It's kind of it kind of makes sense. Like you burn your mouth, you burn Mine's your tongue p- if you ate if you eat a baked potato. I was, too I was thinking punch like the drink. But then you said tastes. Yeah. Mighty potatoes punch. Do you do you refer to punch flavor as punch tastes? <laughs> No, you. I was thinking we were going to like describe <laughs> what it tastes like. I was doing kung fu adjectives. Oh, I didn't get that. Punch tastes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys.